2: you I come from the school of Tupac. I'm a robber. You don't want to
0: what? Man, That's me. with
2: me. I
0: want ask you question
2: real quick. Let's just keep a real straight shot with no chaser. I'm gonna get a little bit rough. Here. I'm here for it. Those who really believed in the American process. All of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl Tesla Figaro on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, everybody? This is your girl Tesla Figaro, host of the Straight Shot No Chaser podcast on iHeartRadio on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Today, I am joined by Executive Director for Justice for Greenwood, National Civil Rights Attorney, and the homie. Let me just go ahead and just say, and the homie, Attorney Demario Solomon Simmons.
3: Welcome to the show. Oh, man, Tess, it's so good to see you. I'm so excited to be here. We've been talking about doing this show for about a year now. So, you know, I am the homie because you're straight from Oklahoma. You're doing your thing, making us proud. So I'm excited to be here Hey, I got my ready for the straight shot, no chase Let's
2: yeah, get it in. That's exactly it. And before we get, you know, just kind of backtracking, you know, I was going to go there. I met you just so people know, we had a real fun introduction. <laughs> 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 we met actually working on the Monroe Bird case, uh, rest in peace in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you and I, we had a little tiff in the beginning because <laughs> I was aggressive, you were aggressive. But we both had uh, a real passion, you know, for our people, um, a passion of. And I I, I say this, to Mario, because I want people to understand that this work um, is tough, and there's a lot that goes yeah. on behind the scenes that people don't yes. realize that you're trying to. Especially when we come into new cities uh, with with Attorney Benjamin Crump, and I'm so glad uh, the documentary Civil is coming out. You know, June 19th, your frat. Uh, attorney Benjamin Crump, friend of yours, uh, and you and I have had an opportunity to work with him together collectively. And the reason why I'm saying that is because people don't understand like what happens behind the scenes with trying to get local attorneys on board, trying to get uh, on the same page, and also learning one another um, within a very short amount of time. When something happens to someone, a, a crisis or a tragedy, in this case it was not a death or my Robert. He has passed on now. Um, but he was alive and well. But still there's a lot that that goes on and sometimes bumping heads. You got type A personalities all in the room, all trying to make sure that we're fighting for justice, all trying to feel each other out, trying to understand how we move. The film didn't um cover all of that, but I'm 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 looking forward to um I'm, I'm hoping that they do his show. Uh, they're trying to do a fiction show. And I'm hoping they're able to capture a lot of that because I think That is what people just really don't understand, that we are also trying to uh, work behind the scenes and still fight white supremacy and still fight uh, folks in our own hometown or people that disagree. And in this particular case, and I know I can say this, uh, you know, some of the family members were very conservative and were not interested in the civil rights, you know, type of, of I remember. One of the family was saying, we don't want Al Sharpton to come down. We don't want Jesse Jackson to come down. But by the time the case was over, he had a chance to understand what really happens behind the scenes and all of the interfighting and, and how you can be uh, a pillar of the community. But once you start going up against the system, how those those doors that you thought were open were closed. And so did you want to speak on that a little bit before we get oh, on? Absolutely. Our show?
3: Because- you're absolutely right, because what it actually takes to be successful in this space, so there's no respectability politics. That doesn't work. You got to do any and everything you possibly can to sit within your your resource base to be successful. And I think, you know, one day we just have a whole show about the whole workplace, <laughs> because, yeah. as you know, as you remember, when you got involved in the case, it was at a particular law firm. I had just started it, right. but they were—you were like, "Look, this law firm—they not doing what they need to do." I'm going to get bid. <laughs> I had just started at the firm. I knew bid, so we got connected to bid at the same time, independently of each other. So, like you said, when we first met at the Hyatt during Tulsa, we were like, "Hey, who are you?" Yes, right. like, Who are you? you know what I'm saying? And So, <laughs> the good thing about it is what your audience needs to understand. I'm sure they really do now you are who you are. And you've been the same person from the day we met, which that was eight years ago, yeah. seven, eight years ago. Uh, when, and Monroe was, you know, he's paralyzed and eventually, like you say, he died. And, but we were able to put, squash all of that yeah. and focus on the mission of getting justice for Monroe and trying to get justice for his family. And I think, Kez, is something we, you, as you and I both know, the killer of Monroe, Ricky Stone, the white security guard that shot him in the back of the neck as he was driving away, Is still alive and free and well down in Texas. That's it. Because our DA here, Coonswall, refused to file charges on him, even though he had at the time he had weed in the system and weed on his on this person, which was a felony in Oklahoma at the time, if they let him move free. So one day we'll just set aside some time to really, really just talk more about that. But I just want to tell your people, you've been (laughs) a saint from day one. From day one.
2: I appreciate you saying that. And it is important, and we probably do need to come back and talk about that because. It is important that you can squat. You see so many, uh, you know, I guess, beefs or online beef, whatever they are, with people not liking other people in the movement. And I don't like this person and I don't like that person. And I tell people, get a chance to get to know somebody beside. Like, put that aside. If you are really about justice for black people, put because that's ego at the end of the day. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we just got to put it aside and say, how do we move forward? And so... I'm grateful and I've always told you, and I tell people, I apologize all the time. Hey, if I came off any type of way, I apologize. We're all type A personalities, but I just want to, you know, pay homage to you um, for being professional and mature and setting ego aside and allowing me space, you know, to be able to work with you because you don't have to do that. And so I I just want to publicly say that, um, that I'm glad that we were able to keep this, you know, relationship going because great things um, are still to come, you know, from this relationship.
3: No question. I feel the same way. And it allowed us to work again on Hose Claw. And Absolutely. then we went to brain Sanders and then, I mean, we just, boom, we just kept building on it. So you're so right. Absolutely. It's not about internally it's what we're trying to accomplish outside. Our enemy that's shooting and killing us each and every day, they don't give a damn about our interpersonal disputes. We got to figure out a way to work together. Now, some people whack, like you're not whack. I'm not aware. Right. If You whack, it. you just can't work that. Right. If, you sample, if you was a buster. Shut out. No, no. But, you know, when you down, sister. We can figure it out. But if you right. waxed. You no, know, you can't. Just, oh, it's always or something. No right. love. No
2: so. love. That's right. That's exactly right. And it's so few of us in this space that we just can't afford. And when I say few, I'm talking about few people that's willing to put their name on the line. It's a lot of people behind the scenes, and that's how we're going to get into what you, what I have you here today. And I talk about that in the film as well. Uh, it's a lot of people that work behind the scenes, but it is few people that actually are willing to put their name on the line. And they're so, and so we can't afford to beef with each other when it's only a handful of us that's willing to go the distance. And and one thing uh, that I that I just admire about you, and I think so important, and why we have you here then you're in one of the most conservative states in the country, Oklahoma. I mean, every single county other than Oklahoma City votes Republican. And here you are as an attorney, not only taking on civil rights cases, as a local attorney that is willing to put their name and face on the line. Because I talk in the film, the part that they took from my speech where I said, you know, why does everybody call being crump? Because your local attorneys don't want to, they don't want to be the face. They don't want to be the one to put their name out there. That's the reality. Most times when families are calling, it's because they've called everyone else and nobody, like with the Hosscloth case, nobody locally in, that, in Oklahoma City, the attorney that they had at the time, did not want to go public with the case. And so I always point to you as an example, all the time I just did on Van Jones uh, podcast, because I want people to know that there are local attorneys uh, that put their names on the line to do things that I see people would... In, in more liberal states that don't do, uh, with with access, bigger platforms, whatever you want to call it, that do not do uh, what it is that we need them to do. And so you are a shining example in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and particularly also Councilwoman Vanessa uh, Harper, who also puts her name on the line, whether people agree with what she says or not, puts her name on the line in one of the most conservative states in the country. So here you are. uh, You started Justice for Greenwood. I've pointed to it many, many times. I bring it up every chance I get in the reparations conversation, in the conversation about what should this administration be doing, why they can't do it. I point to you to talk about how you were able, you and and many partners were able to come up with this organization to say we have to do something for Greenwood and not just talk about it, but also be about it and what you guys have been able to run uh, to raise funds as well. Tell us about Justice for Greenwood, uh, from from your point of view, how you started, why it was important, and then I want to get into the case you you know that that ultimately uh, you've had a victory on here lately. So tell us about Justice for Greenwood.
3: Man, absolutely. You know, first of all, I'm I'm like you said, I'm a product of Greenwood. My family's been here in Oklahoma for you know, almost eight generations since the eighteen thirties. But the crazy thing is, Ted, I went to school on Greenwood, middle school, Carver Middle School, went to Booker T. Washington High School right in Greenwood. Never heard anything about the massacre. Never knew anything about Black Wall Street. Didn't learn about it until 1997 at the University of Oklahoma where I was playing football. Had a professor, Professor Dr. New Rock Kim. He's talking all this stuff about these great black folks and this massacre. And I, I raised my hand said, Man, that's not true. I'm from North Tulsa. I've never heard that. And of course, I was wrong. And I was embarrassed. And he gave me the smoke. I deserved it ever since that day. It's 25 years ago. Ever since that day, I've been obsessed with learning as much as I can about Greenwood and advocating for justice for Greenwood. You know, as a during doing law school in the early 2000s, I was on the National Black Law Student Association National Board as a reparations director. And I got an opportunity to work with the reparations coordinating committee, which was headed by Charles Overtree, Audra Artur, and the great, late, great Johnny Cochran. And they came in here to Oklahoma with many other great national civil rights attorneys, and they started organizing uh, a lawsuit that was filed in 2003. And I was just, you know, I'm just happy to be there. I'm, I'm you know, back then, you know, I'm still doing faxes and copies and and and, and coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be there. And then as a young lawyer, once I graduated law school in 04, joined that team, and we had a tremendous. At that time, we had over 150 living survivors. Right. Wow. The green, the Tulsa Race Massacre impacted. At least ten to fifteen thousand people, if not more. But we had hundred and fifty living survivors at that time. That case was dismissed in two thousand three. We went to the tenth circuit. It was dismissed again two thousand four, two thousand five. We went to the Supreme Court, and they dismissed this quote without comment. Then we started the legislative fight. Two thousand six. I'm well, gonna put
2: a pen in there just right quick, to Mario. What what premise did they dismiss it on,
3: if you can? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, the legal, the legal, the legal term was that we were outside the statute of limitation. Okay. The reality is, it was just pure racism. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So just like when you say, "I live in a uh, a conservative state," we're gonna no straight shot, no chaser. I live in the most racist state in in America, the most blood red Trumpian state. In America, and so they at that point did not want it to move forward. They they, they denied us some statute of limitations. They said we should have we waited too long to bring our lawsuit. They said, oh, you should have brought your lawsuit sometime between the civil rights movement in the '60s and 1980, because at that point you didn't have no reason not to bring your lawsuit. Okay. So then, uh, and, and can you imagine, you know, being around these black people, these these elders who had lived. Under a conspiracy of silence for 75 years, for 75 years, they called the Tulsa race riot. They denied it even happened. They even they denied it happened, Ted. Then once they finally could deny it happened anymore, they said, well, you know what? Even though we denied it and we didn't give you access to the courts, you waited too late to bring your case. So then we started working on the legislative fix, working with the late, great uh, representative John Conyers. you know, went out there. Worked with the CBC, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee testified at Congress. We finally got a bill introduced, the John Hope Franklin Greenwood um, Responsibility Act 2007. We actually had a whole hearing on it, mm-hmm. but it never went anywhere. It got reintroduced seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, all the way to 2013, but it never got out of the committee. I remember when we had our hearing, it was this little unknown representative from Indiana that was saying, You know, I feel real bad about this as a Christian. But it's nothing we can do. A guy's name was Mike Pence. You may have heard of. Him. Oh,
2: wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So uh, in
3: 2013, now imagine, you know, if these our survivors are all you know 80 plus, right? And they're dying each and every year, each and every year, each and every year. So we're trying to figure out what can we do? What can we do? What other legal opportunities we have? We're still writing, you know, messages. I'm still going across the country giving presentations about Greenwood, writing blogs, writing articles. People's dying, people are dying, people are dying. So then in 2015, everybody knows in, five, in 2016, five years from the 100 year centennial, the city of Tulsa and the powers that be that perpetrated the massacre, they said, you know what, we're going to use this to make money off of them. They created something called the Tulsa Race Massacre Commission mm-hmm. with a stated goal to raise money for heritage tourism and to show that quote unquote Tulsa is trying past the massacre. So they wanted to use our pain, use our stories, use our blood to raise money. That infuriated me. So then at that point, it's like, okay, what can we do? So we still still researching, trying to figure this all out. And our survivors are slowly dying, dying, dying. So fast forward, get to 2019, Ted. 2019, May uh, May 27, 2019, the Tulsa, Ch- Tulsa Chamber of Commerce, who was one of the worst perpetrators of the massacre. Not only did they cause a the massacre, but they put up people in concentration camps. That's right, I didn't say concentration camps. That's what they called them back in 1921. They put up people in concentration camps and you couldn't even leave unless a white person signed you out. So we'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. They came out and they tried to do this PR piece and say, hey, we want to come clean. We want to give you the minutes from our meeting. You know what? We shouldn't have done what we did. But it's a new day. We're moving forward and we got these diversity. We're going to help. Diversity and women. And Chaz, you and I, we're lying here. I don't want to hear about diversity. Right. I don't want to hear about minority. I don't want to hear about people of color. I don't want to hear about women. I'm talking about black people who were destroyed in the massacre. What are you gonna do for black people? That's what I want to hear about. When I saw that, I was like, you know what? I'm filing a lawsuit. I don't have a claim. I don't have a legal theory. But I'm filing <laughs> right, something. We're gonna file
1: something.
3: <laughs> I'm filing something. <laughs> Two weeks later, they had a hearing on HR 40. Mm. Uh, at Congress, and they had about 20 people testify, and one of the people testified, my good friend, Professor Eric Miller at Loyola Marymount University. He was one of the lawyers of the earlier litigation I just told you about. He was the only person out of about 20 people that mentioned something about Tulsa. He said, we're going to talk about reparations. You've got to do Tulsa. That's the, that is the prime example of why reparations should happen. I hadn't talked to Eric in about five or six years. I saw him hit him up on Twitter. I said, look, man, I appreciate you. I, i'm gonna file something will you help me he said absolutely so that's how we started formalizing the work we have been doing over the last you know 20 years Start formalizing the organization justice for greenwood pulled together some of the attorneys from before and me and these attorneys you know it's 20 years have passed mm-hmm. professor charles ogletree the great charles ogletree you know he has alzheimer's mm-hmm. which is such a devastating block I, t- I keep his picture right here on the Oh my I keep his picture right here oh, wow. on my desk because I he did so much for me and I got to just sit it and learn so much. But he had Alzheimer's. Many of the other attorneys were either old, retired, some had passed away, some was injured. So only like out of those like 18, 20 attorneys, only two were available. But we started researching. Then we put together the organization Justice for Greenwood. We start pulling in partners like Equal Justice Initiative, Brian Stevenson, Sherilyn Eiffel with Legal Defense Fund, Color of Change, Human Rights Watch, and many, many Dr. Tiffany Crutcher. My sister, Terrence Crutcher Foundation, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pulling these people in. We're setting up this foundation, setting up this, this project, this coalition. And then we realized about this public nuisance case that the state of Oklahoma is utilizing to sue opioid manufacturers. And they said, hey, there is no statute of limitation if the nuisance is a continuing. And we thought, my boy, uh, Spencer, Spencer Bryant, guy I went to high school with, working on a case with me. He's like, man, why don't we look at the public nuisance? I'm like, yeah, let's do it." We started researching it. And we said this can work. This can absolutely work. And basically, is if you have a triggering act, mm-hmm. and then there's still continuing harm until that continued harm is wiped away, then you have a uh, there's no statute of limitation. We started researching that in 2019.
2: Oh, that's amazing that they did that for the opioid crisis. But that's another conversation. But go ahead. I yeah, already all know all where, where I'm going with that. <laughs> go ahead. Oh yeah, I
3: know you know. Where, oh, because it's hard to folks. That's it's right. Hard, that's hard exactly it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to stay focused. Right. I'm trying to stay focused here. Because you know I'm pissed off anyway yeah. because of the Buffalo. we got, you know, the it all intertwines. You yeah. know, we'll we, we get there. You finish this thought. Yeah. <laughs> We're researching this deal and, um, you know, Trump came to Tulsa, as you know, mm-hmm. in June of 2020. And from that time period that Trump decided that he was going to come to Tulsa, the spotlight, the world spotlight was on Tulsa. And we almost filed our case while Trump was here because we were so pissed off that he would have the audacity to come to Tulsa on Juneteenth. For everything we're going through, but we didn't. We waited. So we filed that case in sep- September 1st, 2020, with a public nuisance claim and a uh, unjust enrichment claim because we not only do we say a public nuisance is continuing from these from these from the massacre, but they have unjustly enriched themselves by utilizing our name, our likenesses, and our stories to raise money. And so far they've raised more than $30 million oh, wow. for that Greenwood uh, Rising History Center that none of that money has gone to the survivors. Now, I've still, right now we have three non-living survivors that I represent. 108-year-old, wow. she just turned 108 on May 10th. Wow. My little Fletcher, 108 years old and she's completely lucid. Wow. If she had her headphones in, she could be on this phone call with us. Wow. Just like you and I are talking. Then we have a 107-year-old Leslie Benefield Randall. Now, she's not in the best. She, she's not in as great a health as Mother Fletcher, but she still can communicate. She's still lucid, but she's in a little less health. And then you have Mother Fletcher's baby brother, mm-hmm. who's 101 plus. Wow, <laughs> was Ben Ellis. We call him Uncle Red. This guy's 101 years old. He's absolutely amazing. He's a World War II veteran. So he talks about, he said, I was bombed as a baby in Tulsa. I was bombed as a young man over in Burma during World War II, but I'm still here. Wow. He told me recently in a CNN interview, he's gonna be here until the justice is done. He said, if I gotta to live to 130 years, that's what I'm gonna do. Hey, the guy just got back from Africa. He wow. travels all over the country. I'm not gonna doubt the brother. Wow. So that's what we are. I didn't you all the way up. So we filed a case, obviously the defendants, they wanted to kick us out. We've been doing a whole bunch of work. And as you talked about that, test. The behind the scenes work that people don't really realize. It's not, you know, getting out here and talking with you is fun. You know, going on all the TV shows I get to go to, you know, doing the speeches, but it's real work. It's 16, 18 hours a day. It's figuring out, it's spending time, energy away from your family that you never get back to try to get make something happen. And on May 2nd, 2022, two weeks ago today, we did something that's never been done. In over a hundred years, as it relates to the Tulsa race massacre, but really has never really been done to our knowledge to any historical wrong to black people throughout this nation. Our judge is gonna allow a portion of our case. Now we don't know what portion yet, because she hasn't done a written order, but a portion of our case is moving forward as it relates to what happened initially in 1921, but it has continued to this very day. So that's where we are, that's the update, that's the good news. It is amazing because a victory for Tulsa is a victory for Black people. And I should say victory for Tulsa, because Tulsa was not bombed, Greenwood was bombed. Yeah. A victory for Greenwood, mm-hmm. justice for Greenwood, is a victory for Black people throughout this nation. Plus, it's a model that we can use to move forward to get victories all throughout this country. And we'll talk more about that. I'm going to be quiet. It's your show. Let me let me No, you it's talk. your
2: show. This is all about you. And I'm glad you broke that down. And what you're getting ready, to, what you're going into is about setting precedents, where people don't understand that although... One thing, it may seem like one of the, oh, nothing happened out of that, but it's building blocks in everything. And, and so I want to recap a little bit because I talk a lot about this on how there's a couple of different, all of the things that go into justice that people minimize, protests, which is the noise that we make and even. Um, on Juneteenth, when you had the events out there and people talking about Joseph Greenwood and many protests behind it, the people say, Oh, you're just wasting your time. They don't understand it's layers to this. Protests, then you have, and, and you talked about um, policy. You talked about the legislative side. Uh, to me, that's the politics side where you went right. to the elected officials and said, We need to have a hearing on this. We need to do that. People say, Oh, that's a waste of time. You ain't doing nothing. Again, layers, protests, policy. Then there's the paperwork and also the paper, which means the attorneys have to file the actual paperwork. Like somebody got yeah. to file a motion. This is where people don't understand this. And then you, like you said, 16, 18 hours of time through over years, people don't understand you still working on the housecloth case. I told people on live when I finally got out of jail, Uh, when they say, oh, well, you just, I said, when they were talking about oh, all attorneys just ambulance chasing, hold on. Most of the people that attorney current represent are alive and well. And I don't see y'all saying nothing. Why y'all not saying about the house called victims right now who are alive and well, that still, although we got the criminal side of the justice, the punishment side, which is the fourth pillar that I talk about punishment. We're still trying to get the punitive side on the criminal, on the, on the civil side. And I don't see y'all saying nothing about that. So let's be clear that police brutality is a very small portion. And I'm just speaking on behalf of attorney Crump, 5% of what he does. The rest of these cases where people are alive and well, why y'all not screaming about that? So then there's the four pillar, the punishment part, the civil part, you know, the criminal side, making sure somebody goes to jail. All of these components that that, that tie. Can I just the-
3: can I just interject yeah, real quickly? Sure. On, on that, making sure people go to jail, which is something that we 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 focus on, but that's not our job, right? I mean, that's not, <laughs> right. That's not, <laughs> that's not, right? That's not that's not our job. Like as a lawyer, as a civil lawyer, that's not my job to to prosecute criminal, I don't have power to do that. I'm actually taking time, energy, and resources because we do believe in full justice. I just want to highlight that, that with Ben or myself or uh, uh, Lee Merritt or uh, Chris Stewart or my boy Jay Wendell Gordon. Uh, you know, when we're doing those things and we're fighting to get charges uh, charged and then showing up in court and being there with the family and, 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 and advocating that we can, that is, not our, that is really not the job of the civil lawyer. That's not our obligation. That is based on the love of our clients and the understanding that if we, how the justice relates to us nationwide, that's so right. we must have punishment as much as we can to stop the harm. So I just want to highlight. Oh this.
2: yeah. Nowhere worries. I'm, I'm going to highlight the hell out of it when this come out, because the thing that people, and that's why the document is called civil explaining to people, the civil, the difference between the civil and the criminal side. Now, after they watch this documentary, of course, tomorrow, some people are going to be dumb on purpose. They want to be dumb. They want to continue to put this misinformation out there. And I tell, you know, turn across my brother. He keeps me around, not because I agree with everything, keeps me around because I disagree (laughs) with a lot of things. So I do tell him, you know, that sometimes the lines get blurred and people get confused when you're using the word justice, because to the lay person, justice means going to jail. I understand justice actually means civil side and all of that. So I do like different people to play their role so that the lines can be clear. You know, let the activists talk more about the criminal the attorneys talking about the civil. But what you're saying is, is this is what I want people to really get to. You actually would do more business if more black folks get shot. Like, let's just be clear. And and I want people to really get that. And I'm not saying that in a way in a derogatory way, but I want people to understand when you're saying. Oh, it's all about the check for them. Well, There are hundreds of attorneys, billions of dollars that are settled every year on police brutality cases that you never hear about at all. So I would say that those attorneys are more interested in just the check without bringing it to light to do damage to their city, to bring attention, to make people have corrective action more so than an attorney who's bringing it to the light. I don't know if it's the they can't wrap their mind. It's kind of like yesterday. Somebody told me, you go on Fox News, you're wasting your time to go on Fox News. Go to CNN with that smoke. First of all, I go with the smoke everywhere. So let's first get that straight. Nope, nope,
3: nope, no, 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 no,
2: Dell. You say that as if I'm supposed to
3: be scared. You scary. bring the smoke. Wherever you go, you bring the That's smoke. That's exactly the it. Sleep. And right. I and if the
2: it's smoke. In the high,
3: if it's in the lobby of the higher, or
2: if it's at the music. That's church, right. High, yeah. Right. I am the smoke and the fog and smoke yeah. shit. Uh, but... but I, it's it's weird how I said, you actually think me going to talk to the opposition, that's what takes courage. Anybody right. can go Anybody can go to your own church and talk to your own people and preach to your, but when you go like what Jesus did, when you go down and talk to the folks that, that don't want to hear, when you go talk to Lazarus, it's not that I'm trying to convince a racist to be on my side. The only person trying to do that is Joe Biden. I'm showing up to let you know, I oh, know, homie, I can come to your turf and your town and talk that shit, excuse my French, talk that shit to you face-to-face. Anybody can do it across the way. No, we show up on site. But the my, right. the conditioning of, of thinking that, oh, it's the courage to go in a safe space. No, it takes courage like what you're doing to, to do it in a not safe space, in a conservative state. And you're not just challenging Trump from a distance. You're challenging your governor right there, your DA right there, your people right there that not only can derail your career, take money out your pocket, but putting you and your family at risk. This is the part that people don't understand. So if it's all about the check, then you would do it quietly. You would do it silently. And I want people to get that, that all of the hollering that's been going on, at least in our generation, particularly since Trayvon Martin, there has been a result. And I say this every chance I get, and I'm glad they put that part in the film too. Over 200 cities have did some type of police reform. Maybe not all what we would want, Maybe not, the but there have been over 200 cities that have changed something on the books and that has been from a collective work that all of you have been a part of over the years. So I'm glad you took us all the way down that that trail on how long you've been working on this Greenwood case so that people can understand this is why attorneys don't take this on. Who got time to file motions and money involved and not get a dime? So the nerve of anybody, I, I tell people all the time, would you work for 40 hours a week and say, oh, don't worry about it. I may or may not get a check. And if I do, pay me three years later. You're literally fighting for people that deserve a check while not earning a check, taking a risk if you'll ever get a check for a job that you went to school for, paid for, you know, and, and rarely ever see that return of investment. So
3: I'm, I'm, go ahead. No, 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 no. It's all facts. It's all facts. If I wanted to, uh, really be a multi, multi-millionaire and have an easy job. I, I could just do a personal injury case. That's right. I could do anything. I could, you know, as you know, I used to represent a bunch of professional athletes uh, with my background. I could just do that. I mean, this work that I'm doing here is my calling. of you know, my ministry, justice is my passion. This is what I wake up thinking about, while I go to sleep thinking about. Much to the chagrin of my beautiful wife, Mia. But the fact is, right. it is hard work. It's difficult work, and it does take years and years and years. I mean, I have cases, as you know, Postcall's been going on since 2015. That's seven years. Wow. The Terrence Crutcher case, Terrence Crutcher, who was shot with his hands up, shot in the back by Betty Joe Shelby, that's been going on for at least six years in September. You know, that's this is what it is. I am not complaining because this is what I signed up for. It's what I love to do. Greenwood is a 20, a 20 plus year, you know, labor of love because this is my community, my people. And I get to go and have these great conversations with you and go across the nation and, and spread the alert about justice. It's very important people understand that. And what we talk about, and I know you've heard us say this many times, full justice. It includes, when, particularly in a police case, hey, you got to get charges. You got to get, get somebody arrested. Then they got to get prosecuted correctly. They got to be sentenced, like say punishment. Then you got to do the civil side of it. Get money, but not just the money. Get some type of healing, mm-hmm. some type of uh, treatment. Because these families, and you spend as, as much time as I do with families, it's real trauma. Mm-hmm. It's real loss. And so when people like like you mentioned President Joe Biden, who was last week talking about he wished he could go back to having lunch with segregationists. <laughs> you, you mentioned last week when he showed up and said we're going to do the Joyce Floyd Act and they don't get it done. You mentioned because you know how devastating that is for families. That's right. You know how devastating it is when they have a loss. They didn't ask to be in the spotlight. They didn't ask to call Demario Solomon Simmons or Ben Crump or Tessna Figueroa. That's not what they asked to do, but this is where they found themselves to be in a situation. So then when politicians come in and say, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and they don't make it happen, it creates more harm and more destruction in in those particular families and in our communities. And that's why this Buffalo deal, It has me so pissed off because every time we see a young white boy or white boy go and slaughter our people and they walk away in handcuffs with nothing, no scratch on them, it causes us to have been more harm. Every time we see the federal government not show up immediately and protect us and pass legislation, bring in federal troops to help us like they did during reconstruction, it put us in greater harm. Every time they want us to sit down and talk about unity while we have been destroyed and killed and shot and maimed and lynched, it puts us in greater harm. Every time they want to talk about, oh, it's all about guns, oh, it's all about whatever, and not talk about, it's about the destruction and the hatred of black people, Mm -hmm. it puts us in harm's way. Every time you don't provide justice for Greenwood and other massacres, it puts us in harm's way because it tells the world, Black lives do not matter. Stop kneeling with Kente on pass legislation, bring the Department of Justice down, open up investigations, put put people in jail, do what is necessary. Stop talking about we don't know if this case can move forward, if this case will be successful. If I said that, I would never do anything. That's I'm right. a black civil rights attorney fighting here in Oklahoma and throughout this nation. Am I going to say, well, I can't bring this case? You're a damn... Department of Justice. Right. You're the United States government, and you can't do anything to stop these white folks from uh, killing us, maiming us, going online and slandering us. It's ridiculous. That's right.
1: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future.
2: You pointed out something that's so important, and I am gonna replay this on my live, on my IG, because I want to make sure this gets out to as many people as possible, but I wanted it actually on my show. Just like you said, if you can do it. That's what I said. If the if DeMario could do it, could figure out how to give somebody $2. You mean tell me the president and I said, Y'all can't even take up a GoFundMe for the for the three survivors? At some point, and Van was kind of speechless because it really is just that damn simple. You said yourself, I found something. I didn't know if it was going to work. It wasn't no present. It wasn't nothing. But I found something. So this idea and this brainwashing that people do in the media, particularly pundits like myself, that like to steer people in the wrong direction. Oh, well, they can't do it because of this. They can't do it because of that. I don't give a damn. Do whatever it is you can until you can do better. On on the show, because the show was actually a little bit longer, and I think they edited that part out, but I talked about how grandma, she could do a whole lot with some beans. One pot of beans could last beanies and weenies, beans and cornbread, bean casserole. She knew how to stretch it out over a period of time to make it last. So if you're not getting something done on the federal level, then why not show where you can be involved on the state level? You should be able to get Republicans since they all about states' rights. So why don't you flip that and say, well, okay. If we were able to end qualified immunity in Colorado, let's see if we can end it in Oklahoma. If we were able to end qualified immunity in New York, let's see if we can end it in New Jersey. If we were able to end it there, how come we can't do it here? There should be a movement that says, okay, federal, fine. I'll give, If you feel like you can't get nothing done and you got an excuse with the executive orders, which is bullshit, by the way, but let's just pretend that that's true. What about the state level? You got everybody coalesced around to get you elected. When it's time to get elected, y'all know how to pick up the phone and call every governor and every city city council person and every county council person and every elected position, all the way state reps, state senators. I'm not even talking on the U.S. side. You find a way, and I know because I work campaigns, y'all find a way to come and take a picture with my city council woman and come in town and do all that. So why is it y'all can't find a way to say, well, let's at least galvanize behind what Demario is doing? If you can't do it, then galvanize other people around it to do it. Why are y'all not using the bully pulpit to not only just push for legislation, but even support? This should have been, your story should have been a national damn story. If I was a Democrat, which I'm not, by the way, I would want a national story focused on what you were able to accomplish. And if nothing else, try to put five on it to say, okay, I was a part of it, to at least claim something has been done. So it makes me wonder if you're doing it on purpose to keep us behind, or you're just dumb. I mean, it's just really that simple. And I just have a hard time believing they dumb, DeMario, because you got the smartest people in the world in the room. So why are you intentionally not wanting to be involved? He came down to your city. Why not say, hey, DeMario, how can we get behind you? And if nothing else, let me open up the airwaves to you. Let me call some folks so that people can galvanize so that you can say, Hey, hey, President Biden can't get XYZ done, but at least you know, he has been able to get folks around us so we can wrap our arms around the survivors. I don't know. Pe- people are so busy talking about reparations. I don't even know if people realize there's three living survivors right now from the Tulsa massacre. I think that story has been missed on people, demari I really do. Dude. Would you agree to, with that?
3: Absolutely. I agree. And I agree that you see the president can do so much more. I mean, like you say, he came to Tulsa last year. He gave a speech on Greenwood. But I want to see what he's doing for the people in Ukraine. You know, I wrote an op-ed about this. Uh, that was published in the USA Today back on March 11, where I said, look, hey, war is bad, right? Bombs being dropped on people. Nobody wants to see that. But how is it that you can find, at that time, it was only $6 billion. Now it's $45 billion that they're going to send over to Ukraine. They did it like that. They did it in a matter of hours. And everybody voted for it. How come the president and other elected leaders didn't put forward a plan and a package specifically for Greenwood and our three living survivors? You know why? Because they did not want to do it. Mm-hmm. They did not. They, nothing stops them from doing it. Nellie, Dr. Nellie Fuller says, until you understand white supremacy, everything else will only confuse you. They didn't want to do it. Period. Point blank. It's nothing stopping them from doing it. There's nothing stopping them from signing an executive order saying, hey, as a federal uh Police force, we're not going to use qualified immunity, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I can I can do that because I'm the executive. So executive police, FBI, we're not doing that, but he hasn't done that. Mm-hmm. He hasn't utilized the power that he could possibly utilize, and that's the problem I have with the Democrats. This is why, this is the one reason why I respect Republicans. They do what they say they're going to do, mm-hmm. and they use their power to get their agenda across. Now, they're evil, they're racist, they're terrible, they just, just terrible, the Democrats are terrible too, but the Republicans are more terrible. Right. But at least they take care of their people. That's I can respect. Them.
2: That's what politics is about, care taking it. care of that's right. if I if I'm racist and racists hire me, my job is to be racist. I don't understand
3: hey. what people don't know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean that is, oh, oh my god, they're gonna get rid of Roe Races Wade. They've been saying that they're gonna do that for 30 years. They they because wasn't you're lied y- to that's your right. base. That's because that's you lie to your base. That's <laughs> right. Everybody don't lie to their base. That's <laughs>
2: right. And then they <laughs> got the audacity to say, Oh my God! They've been they've been plotting and planning this for thirty years, right? Why you wasn't plotting and planning for thirty years too? That's what I don't <laughs> It's
3: so. Hey, we have too much fun here. Yeah, we have too much fun here because it's 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 it's, it's, it's so blatant when you see how the Republicans move, how Mitch McConnell moves. Say, look, you know what? No, I me, mean? no, I'm not even going to give you a hearing. And then the Democrats say, oh, that's not right. You you got to give us the, the precedent. the the history, the morals. Man, get out of here. This is about power. Politics is about power. Politics is about who gets what, when, where, and how. What resources are being allocated to who and when and how? That's what it's about. Republicans understand that. They get it. We want to stay in power. We understand our numbers are shrinking. We don't give a damn. Do you know anything about South Africa? Do you know anything about India? Do you know anything about China? We don't care about being a statistical minority. We just want the power. We put in the systems and the policies and the procedures to keep us in power. That's what's going on right now. Democrats, just like Nancy, Representative Nancy Pelosi last week, said, oh, we. I just wish the Republicans would go back. We need a, a strong Republican Party. Why? No, we need a party of people that wants to help the American folks. Give us health care. Give us education. Give us access to, to jobs. Give us access to a good standard of living. Who cares if it's a Republican, an independent, a Green Party? The focus should be about the people, but it's not. And if it comes to black people, they don't want us to have anything. They will destroy this entire country instead of letting us get one thing. How did that go back to my three living survivors? My three living survivors have not received anything from the federal government, has not received anything from the state government, have not received anything from the local government. My little organization, Justice for Greenwood, go to justiceforgreenwood.org, Our little organization gave us 311 survivors $300,000. Our little organization has uh, fundraised and given other community groups like the churches that survived the massacre over $50,000. Our little organization are helping what we can do. But we are a 501c3 organization that's really focused on justice and holding those accountable and and properly documenting the massacre. Our real job was not to be raising money to give to survivors and descendants, but we, we saw the void there, so we wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. But the point is, the federal government could be doing so much more. I do want to give a shout-out to Congresswoman Sheila Jackson-Lee, mm-hmm. who came down and stood with us at our hearing on May 2nd, and was there to witness history. People like Congresswoman uh, Congressman Hank Johnson and Congressman Coyne, who actually did the hearing last year in May of uh, 2021, that brought us out to Congress. Congresswoman Maxine Waters, and the CB, Congresswoman uh, Joyce Beatty, the CBC uh, chair, who had uh, CBC members donate to Justice for Greenwood a significant amount of donations from about 30 members of the CBC. So I want to make sure I why give don't them. do they the...
2: talk about that though?
3: I, I don't know, but they did it. They did it. I, and I,
2: I, 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 I don't I, know why they don't, like, rather than having people, because I'm hard on the CBC. I'm hard on our black elected officials more so because I think it was more as we should. But I just, it puzzles be. me why they don't. Talk about those things. I I don't know if they think everybody just knows that automatically, or if it's coming from this place of, well, what difference do it make? I don't need to talk about it. I don't want to talk about. It. Like, why not talk about it? So
3: they. I don't see? know because they 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 really came down and you know everybody came to Tulsa to the mask the Centennial. Everybody had to be here. But I can say after the Centennial, the CBC brought me in. I was the first speaker in person speaker since the pandemic started at the CBC's meeting back in uh, July. And they've been there, we call them, they've been there. I also want to shout out my sister, our sister, Angela Rye. She has been phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal, helping us with Justice for Greenwood, Tiffany Cross, Roland Martin, Karen Hunter. Uh, it's just so many people that's been working with us. And that's why I think this model that we've created, where we have substantial work being done on the ground, but we have a community of folks, both locally and nationally, that has a very specific goal in mind. Justice for Greenwood is our goal. Making sure these three living survivors get justice before they die is a specific goal. Rebuilding this community is a specific goal. Taz, as you know, many times we, we're too, we we're too uh, ambiguous mm-hmm. with our goal. And we can't get the right people on the team and understand, like you said, everyone has a different role. Everyone doesn't have to be out marching mm-hmm. and be at the front of the line. That's a role for that. That's important. Everyone has to be in the courtroom. That's a role for that's important. I tell my team, my internal team, my law team and my foundation team all the time, start in your role. Whatever it is that you are doing, be the star in it mm-hmm. because it's important. You don't have to do what I'm doing, but what you're doing is important. So if you are doing, the, if you're writing the blog, if you editing the podcast, if you're making the science for the, for the rally, whatever, but understand that old things cannot work in a vacuum. They have to all work together because our enemy is too well-organized, too well-resourced, and to focus on their goals for us to think that these one-offs is going to make a big big difference.
2: And you know, I there's a I, I wanna say this before we close. You know, I, I just there's so much significance and, and thank you again for listening to all those people because they deserve their flowers. And again, I wish they would do more to talk about what they're doing. I know I work with a lot of folks that think, well, you know, people are gonna complain anyway. Dude, damned if you do, damned if you don't. So there's no point in me saying it. But I really wish they would say it. You know, I believe in receipts. When somebody you hey, let bring them receipts so we can see what's right. been done. And I would love to highlight, you know, elected officials that do the work. I do do that. But I don't know. Rather than everybody talking about how they was dancing down there on on Juneteenth that year, you know, and Sheila Jackson Lee was one of them that was dancing. It would have been great if she would have told what she was actually doing, you know, partnering. And now that has resulted in a victory. It's those types of things that, that are said online that some people uh, intentionally send out stuff to misinform. But some people, Demario, really, truly just don't know. And so I I hope they do better. And it's not bragging. It's not being, you know, uh, voiceful. But it's just letting people know, you know, hey, I'm doing this work. And so I, I hope that, you know, they will lift their voices more. Because out of all the people that you named and folks, you know, you name folks in the media, Tiffany, Angela, Roland, all of that. I don't know if it's widely known, like the work that you've been doing at least you know, across all, because everybody don't listen to them on, on TV. Everybody doesn't tune into their show. It's a whole nother demographic out there that, see, don't respect a lot of the individuals that you name, but would absolutely support what it is that you're doing. So I hope, you know, I, I'm praying that more hope and pray and will work, not just hope and praying, Um, right. that, that this message gets out more. and I, And I try to do as much as I can. There's some significance in three, which I'm sure you know. You know, three is not just three just for a reason. Three is really a number. It's significant. Father, Son, Holy Ghost complete. It really does mean resurrection. There's so much in three. Why did it that God leave just three of them? Oh, I could preach a word on just that alone. So those of us that don't tap into that and tap into that understanding, I I, I truly believe once you hear this message and you still don't tap into what we're hearing from a higher power on what we should be doing, not just for them. But also for those that come behind them, it could have been four. It could have been two. It was three for a reason. And three is so important. It's the Trinity. It's everything that we need in those three. So I just believe that the presidents that you're setting, however this case goes, the work that you're doing, you said it's been seven years
3: or six? It's seven years on on this particular yeah. litigation. The current litigation has been going on since 2020. But it's been a 25 plus year Work and now, let me just be real clear. When I say 20, I'm standing with the time I've been working on it, the people of Greenwood have been fighting justice for a hundred plus years. Wow! First of all, we fought when they uh, attacked and invaded our community. Let's be clear. They, some of them got put in the ground too. I want to be very clear about that. Some of those World War One black veterans—they put some people down. They just got simply overwhelmed. They were outnumbered and gun. But they fought. Then, starting on June 2nd, they started filing lawsuits. Can you imagine? When you start talking about going to the Lions game, like going to the Fox News, can you imagine having the audacity to file a lawsuit in the same court system with the same people that just burnt down your community? But you just say, this is what this is the system I'm in. They started filing lawsuits. The great B.C. Franklin, the father of Dr. John Hope Franklin, considered America's historian, was a lawyer. It's a very famous picture. Maybe you can, I, I send it to you, you can put it up. He's practicing law in a tent. His law office had been burnt down. He's practicing law in the tent with the few books that he had left. And he continued to fight. And they fought those things. And so I'm just a continuation. I'm literally just standing on the shoulders of my ancestors and continuing to fight. We had a survivor named Hal Singer. He was a very famous musician. Moved away from America in the 60s. Died in France. He died two weeks before we filed our little lawsuit. Died in August of 2020. We filed September 1st, 2020. He was on hospice tears. He was blind. He was. He was. He had a stroke. He was about to die. He lives in France. I was calling calling him, talking to his wife Arlette Singer, and I felt bad because I felt like I was bothering him at this time when he's about to die. And so I asked Arlette. I said, "You know, should I stop calling you guys? I feel like I'm bothering you." And she admonished me. And I tell the story all the time. She said, "Don't you ever say that. Hal is going to continue to fight for what happened to his family, his parents, until he dies." She said, "I'm going to send you something." She sent me a letter that Hal Singer wrote in 2007 to Johnny Cochran and Professor Ogletree. And remember what I said at the beginning. We went through all those stages of loss, 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 loss. He sends this letter and he says, look, I know, guys, we've lost everything. And I know that America is never going to be afraid of black people. That's why I left America. But I know one thing. As long as we have breath, we must fight for our rights and our dignity. We must fight for our rights and our dignity. And that's what we're doing here. We're fighting for the rights and the dignity of these three living survivors. We're fighting for the rights and the dignity of all those who have died without justice. We're fighting for the rights and dignity of justice for Greenwood overall. We're fighting for the rights and dignity of black people in this country who've been fighting since we were brought here on these shores or wherever they found us in this country. We will continue to fight regardless of what happens. We will continue to show up in the hostile environments because this is what we must do in real life as um the boy out of, uh, internet. I can't remember his name, but he always said in real life, this is what we're doing in real life. We're fighting for our rights and our dignity. We will never stop fighting for our rights and our dignity. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so powerful. That
2: I, I guess we can end it with that. Before I get out of here, I know there was a point in time you were considering uh, running for office and, and getting into the political space. Are you still, cause I just was moved like past the offering plate or donation or something. <laughs> Do you think that's something you'll uh, eventually look at again?
3: You know, it's a possibility. I would never rule it out. I mean, I honestly, it's something that I've always thought about, but I just don't see a pathway uh, here in Oklahoma yeah. where I am now. And right now, my total focus, my total focus is justice for Greenwood, uh, building up, not only getting victory in the legal system, but continue to build our foundation. We have four tremendous programs. Number one is what we call our We Are Greenwood, where we are literally connecting with the housing and people from around the nation who are survivors and descendants, well, we only have three survivors, but descendants, and pulling them together, doing their old history, doing their genealogy. We have a very, we have a model that's going to be used throughout the nation. I'm telling you this now, how we do our genealogy. We have two fantastic black genealogies we're working with. We need to get a few more. We have our, our legal and advocacy policy, which we're talking about, the legal litigation, our Black Wall Street Legacy Fund, where we're raising money to get grants to descendants. And then our, what we call our BCW initiative, which our education and truth check. Well, we're telling the truth about the massacre. We're telling the truth about how Greenwood was built. People got to understand that it's not just about the destruction of Greenwood. It's about what allowed Greenwood to be built, which is three things. It was land ownership. It was freedom mind state. And it was wealth and education and, and economic concentration. Those are the th- three things we need today to rebuild Greenwood all over this nation. And it's important we understand that. And another component that Buffalo shows us, how do we protect ourselves? Mm-hmm. How do we protect ourselves? Because the violence that we see in Buffalo is gonna to continue to come as this country continues to get upset about black people getting power. So to your question, I would love to see that in my future one day. I don't know how it's gonna happen, but right now I'm just so focused on Justice for Greenwood. Hope everyone that's listening, go to Justice for Greenwood, connect with us, sign up for our newsletter, make a donation. If you can do $5, do $5, if you can do 5,000, through 5,000, because we are doing something that is tremendous. We're fighting for the rights of these three living survivors and for our people throughout this nation.
1: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
2: AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. ATT. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I hope, I don't know if you're available during this day, but. I'm so glad we secured the building this week. Uh, Puff, a.k.a. Diddy, a.k.a. Brother Love, a.k.a. Sean Combs, whatever you want to call him. Uh, He has supported my vision, uh, him and our Black Party, with my uh, training that I've consistently done. I've always done. People don't understand. I train dozens of people every single month with how to run for office, how to be an operative, how to be an organizer, nonpartisan. And I'm so excited because I wanted to do it for 300. Again, threes are very important. I started with 300 volunteers. Three is Gideon's Army. We don't need 10,000. We need 300. Come on. That's come on, it. Yeah, don't get don't get me started preaching up in there. Come and, and, and isn't it amazing that the building that we found, guess how many it holds? The capacity, 300. And that's it. Wow. No more, no less. Wow. And so we found that in Atlanta. Uh, I didn't want to charge people to come because- at first, I was like, "It's easily a five hundred dollar training, a thousand dollar training, easy." You know, I've spent that mm-hmm. amount to go to political training all the time. But it was really important that we were bring that for me. That it's hard for me to ask somebody for anything when gas is five dollars a gallon, and the people that I'm trying to get involved may not have it, or may not even right. have it at all. They appreciate the investment, but they may not have it. So Puff um, has generously donated the funds for me to train three hundred folks. Um, cover their lunch the whole night. We may have to put they may have to put five ten dollars towards the lunch. We're trying to still work out the budget um, because the building was so expensive in Atlanta right. um, to be able to have three different rooms at the Cobb Center, beautiful convention center. And so uh, what we're doing is, I would like to have a hundred candidates, a hundred operatives, a hundred organizers. It's nonpartisan and really giving people the tools. Um, on how to not be a good Democrat like I learned. I went to CBC training, political boot camp. It was great, but it still was how to be a good Democrat. They say it's nonpartisan, but it really was how to be a good Democrat. I okay. went to PCCC, uh Progressive Caucus, uh, Elizabeth Warren. I was a trainer there, actually. That was about learning how to be a good progressive. Uh, I've been to Go Run Lead. I've been to the White House Project. I've been to Roofless, list, list, You name it, I've been a part of those trainings. And I have yet to see one that speaks to us. Um, and, and really teaches us how to do things from a real grassroots way with no connection. CBC is a great training, um, but it is about connections. A, a congressperson has to, uh, at least at that time, they may have changed it. But at that time, when I went in 2010, a congressperson had to send you. Congresswoman Brown sent me. So I really wanted this training to be truly nonpartisan, for real, for real. And I would love uh, one of the areas, on the, uh, one of the, the sessions that we want to teach is how do people organize around an issue? And what you've created is an entire organization around the issue, a movement around the issue. Uh, Killer Mike will be opening for us as well. And I know um, he has used, you know, the Greenwood name and the banking and all of that. And i love love, love for you two to meet uh, if you haven't already. Um, but I would I love if you have time, you know, if you're available on that day, September 10th, I would love for you to come teach the folks uh, the the organizing, you know, a session on how to build coalitions around a movement because we'll have campaign managers there that teach people because we're just getting down to the roots and we're not talking about right. who, how to be a Democrat, but we're talking about being black and how to organize filing compliance and paperwork and, you know, making sure you hit your deadlines. And I'll be doing some sessions on overall ideology on how important it is to be black above all things, but we really need folks to come in and actually train. And so the goal to Mario is my personal goal is 5,000 black boots on the ground between now and 2024 we are done with chasing them. We must replace them. I'm done talking to folks about what they should be doing. We have to just be doing it. And we have to put people in place. And people have to say, hey, like you said, it may not be a path in Oklahoma. Maybe I'm too aggressive in Oklahoma, but you sure as hell can train somebody up how to do it in California or train somebody up how to do it in New York. And we have to have a database of folks that they can pull from on who can run these campaigns, who can run these issues, and really just gather uh, our resources. So um, I'll say this story before I get out of here because I am uh, I, I believe in numerology. I'm a life path nine, which is the threes two, three threes. And it's no coincidence that the first time that I was ever on stage taken serious as a hip hop politician was September uh, 2000. September 23rd, uh, 2012 in South Carolina, which is the you can say the mega uh, for the black voters and it was with the Geechee Won Awards, and everybody said I was wasting my time with hip-hop and politics, and it was September 23rd. And lo and behold, this wasn't even planned. Who would have thought that 10 years to the date, 10 years to the date, that now the hip-hop, whether you like Puff, don't like Puff, bottom line is he is an icon in hip-hop. So for him to get behind me and say, Tesslyn, do what it is you need to do, and for all of those conversations to happen to fall where I could do the training in September on the 10th day, Wow! Any other Saturday, because look at the month on the day, the day, the week after that is CBC. The week before that is uh, a Labor Day. The only Saturday that it would have worked on, it was Divine Intervention that it landed on the 10th day, September 10th, 10 years to the date, 2022. And so my same 300 volunteers that I tell this story all the time, I started with 300 volunteers. They became my employees. They started working for, for me the first time, 10 people on October 10th, 2010, 10, 10, 10. 10 means completion as well. So I believe in divine intervention because I didn't have elders who have been in politics and elders who have been in the legal profession and anybody in my family or any mentor or anybody that I went to college with or any, I just been getting this through the mud and been moving on my divine intervention and moving on discernment and when should I go? And numbers is what guided me a lot. That's why I asked how long has this been going on? Why is it three? Because that tells me how to move in my spirit. And so I'm I'm so pleased about that. And if you have time, and again, not putting you on the spot, but kind of putting you on the spot, if yeah. you are <laughs> available during that time, because I, I want somebody that has actually built a coalition. I was thinking about who can I bring that can you know train folks up on that. I think the the brother that just did what he did in Amazon too is powerful, you know, as well. Yeah, no question. Yeah, so people can know how do you do that. And and one thing they do tomorrow, they get around these issues or let's say somebody's run for office and they got 5,000 people that they got to vote for, them, but they didn't win. Well, how do you turn that into now a 501c3 or a 501c4 or a 527? How do you take those numbers and continue to build? And I, and, and that's what you've done. Not think, I know that's what you've been able to do beautifully. And I would love, you know, for you to be a part of that if you have some time in your schedule, because they need to know how you did this. And that's we're not going to cover that just on this podcast. There's so much more. Yeah. Uh, to that that they can learn man
3: I'm first of all humbled to be asked I'm definitely interested I' just get with my 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 people and look at the calendar love to come to Cal- Atlanta you know me I love to take a trip to Atlanta so <laughs> you know that just sounds fantastic <laughs> and um yeah that sounds great so let's let's work that out yeah let's, let's work, work that, that
2: out. out we'll talk more about that offline um I just wanted to put that out there because as I'm listening I'm like wow that's a lot of work and people don't know like what you have to file and compliance and you know, folks getting in
3: trouble for not putting, you know, paperwork. Yeah, I mean, you, you're right. You know, get your board of directors. This not just, you know, I had to put together a board. Like you say, you got to get your taxes. You got to have your audits. You got to do what you need to do because when you're in this space and you know this very well, Tesla, they are coming for you, yeah. okay? No question. They're coming for me in any every direction they can. And so you've got to protect yourself. You got to have good people around you. And you got to understand that it's not about you. It's about your team. Yeah, It's not about me. My team Allows me to be able to be on this call with you for an hour Mm -hmm. because I have a team that's working who has a very clear objective and mission and 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 we able to be organized. And if you don't have a good team around you and give them good marching orders, you cannot be, it can't be sustained success. We listen, it's been a hundred years trying to get justice. We gotta have a hundred-year plan. And that's what we're doing. That's it. That's it. Well,
2: thank you for joining me. There's so much more we could talk about. Attorney uh Demario Solomon Simmons. This has been a very important conversation. Um, it will be available on the podcast, but I'm also going to chop this up and you know roll out some stuff on Instagram because I know that was originally what we wanted to do in, on IG Live. But I said, I want to get this content. You were in jail. Yeah, I was in jail. I've been in jail. Hashtag free tears. They keep me in jail. But I wanted to get this. Like To me, when it's on my podcast, it just lives there. And IG just goes, you have to wait on people to find it and that type of stuff. So, I wanted to make sure that we got some solid stuff you know, on the record because what you're doing is historic. And I want to be able to say I know him and I know the work that he did because I'm so very proud of you. And so that our next, our children, our children's children can continue to work because this is an ongoing thing. It's never over. And I tell people that all the time. If you're exhausted now, then this ain't for you because right. this is a ongoing till they lay your body down. Let us stop thinking that we're going to reach some big – No, no, no. This is all about – this is a relay race. We're passing the baton. And at the end of the day, either you're going to pass it or sit down and move out the way. But what I definitely don't need you to do is telling me how to do something from the stands. We need you on the ground. We need you running. And there's something you can do. Pass the baton, hand me some water, support something, do something, pass a towel, cheer me on, or shut up. So that's just kind of where we are. That's where I'm at with. I oh, everybody got an opinion, not from the stands you don't. No NBA player turns around and says, well, what do y'all think we should do? I'm only talking to the players. I'm only talking to the referees. I'm only talking to the coach. I talk to you if you're sitting on the bench, but what I'm not going to do is talk to you from the stands because your opinion is just simply not relevant. So thank you so much <laughs> for joining. Straight <laughs> no, no, straight, no chase. That's right? it. No. That's it. And we'll continue to inbox and send each other. People don't understand. If people are moving, are in constant communication about stuff, sending information, sending emojis. I can't believe this, this shit. Like
3: it's a cut. Right, right. I told Mia last night. I know we gotta get off, but when I sent you that last night, I said, I'm gonna send this to Taz because I know she's gonna post it for me. That's it, yeah. It's our party. yeah, they know sit. And sit. Pass me the ball because I'm going to say it. <laughs> I'm going to send this to Taz, you know, because I got to go to court. So I got to go right. to court. I got to maintain something level. I'm going to send it to Taz. Look at this book. That's oh, right. God. That's right. People, uh, people don't see, understand. Don't, we're not going to hug ourselves out of white supremacy. That's it. Get
2: out of here. <laughs> that's it. And that's what you don't understand is roles in this. And we can talk more about that Our, when we was at the House Club case. i just say this where we go. But I remember when stuff was going in a different direction, <laughs> Bill was like, oh, no worries. I got it. I'm because you don't understand, everybody got to do. It's just, it's just a real, ro- it's a real strategy behind
3: this. Yeah, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. We, we, we had to get a reset, so yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Because <laughs> somebody get, and you know, I, I I can't wait to go to law school and finish, and I am because the education is important. But I tell Ben all the time, I don't want to practice because then who gonna be Tesla? because that's right
3: because see watch you and that's that's a great point yeah you get the education because i think it's the best education you get. I do really believe that right but if you actually practice then you got you you you, you're restricted you have all the bar rules that's it they can they can can, can discipline me from something i say
2: that's it that's it and that's that's it and i tell me i say i tell the time no somebody gotta do this because if i don't if i can't get to this mic the way I like I cause I know y'all gonna say what need to be said, but I'm gonna take it about ten more steps. <laughs> I'm going go, I'm a habitual line stepper. I'm gonna go way over the line. <laughs> so they can't discipline me. So if I it, that's right. right. And if I get so caught up in doing that, then who gonna do this? When I was on the Breakfast cause Charlemagne's like, oh man, we need you uh working on the Harris campaign. I said, No, I need to be on the microphone. Everybody don't need to work on the Harris campaign. Because if you work on the Harris campaign, a lot of these folks who was on CNN before they was wearing, I going to say no names, but before they was working for these politicians, they was, yes, yes, yes. But then the minute they start working for these politicians, well, you do know that you can listen. The whole tone changed. So, so... right, they start, they start talking about what can't be done. That's right. Do that's right. That's right. So who going to do my job? So um, um, for, unfortunately for me, and fortunately for the, the community... I don't have a big desire for fame and money and all that. Because I tell people... Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I don't... And they, oh, we're getting the check. Who paying somebody to stand up for black people? Because I showed up on my check. I, somebody owed me something for sure. This job don't pay. This job take away of anything. The amount of money that I've walked through, like you said, medical malpractice, that's where the dollars is at. 20 million, 10 million, 30 million. This police performance, pennies compared to... I tell people, think about every hip-hop commercial you hear in the afternoon drive is if you've been injured in an accident, call the such-and-such smart lawyer. That's where the money's at. This, right. The money ain't in this. I don't know where that confusion right. coming in. So, but don't worry, we're going to continue to keep, clear the air on that. But thank you again, because we're going on and on like we just on the I know, and I got a
3: contract, yeah. and you're about to start working. Yeah, I know, so- you got to yeah. go. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> this is how our conversations go. But anyway, brother, I love you. Thank you for all and love that you, you do. Send my love to your wife, you. and some, yeah. big shout out to her for being a support to you. Again, there's a whole team that goes behind this. Yeah. Just she's the no one I always
3: say, "Remember, you the lawyer." She always said, "You the lawyer. You can't say that." Yeah, you know me.
2: That's it. No people got to understand that. Shout out to uh, Killer Mike's wife. I say all the time, like, shout out to the women behind these men that just keep like keep balance and and again putting yourself at risk. These why I be with these why I tell Killer Mike, I'm with your wife on this one. Leave this one alone. Like. It will be so much easier to just for him to just do music. It'll be so much easier for you to do something else. That's what people don't understand. So shout out to the wives, to the virtuous women in the building that just support you guys and and, and push you through. And I'm sure it's not easy. Many times right. they are gonna go in a different direction because they love their husbands. Right. I don't know why y'all don't understand that. So shout out to your wife and everything that she does. And I look forward to having you back and chopping this up and trying to do whatever I can tomorrow. So anytime there's a anything I can do you know I'm just a phone call away that I can help and I I really do think we need more support around these three survivors I I really do wonder how many people really like celebrities or whatever that they do to mobilize they should be behind this too like I don't think everybody really gets this like they should so I'll continue to do my part but luckily you're not in it for the fame and just about the work but I think your story needs to be told for sure
3: I sure appreciate it
2: All right, honey thank you so much everybody you've been listening to Straight Shot No Chaser Tesla and Figaro like I always say use a loser can't make you choose peace
0: AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that 3-hour philosophy show. Change the drive to work, in traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes, to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective.